by understanding the urgency and the scale of the problems, you have to go to ambitious solutions. Welcome to the Port Excel podcast. We're happy to invite you to our second episode where we talk with Wayne Visser, professor of integrated value at Antwerp Management School. Wayne hosts his own podcast and every day I receive a purpose-inspired daily newsletter from him with an inspiring quote. We'll find out about the work he's done in the port sector, but first I'll let him introduce himself. What is your particular role here in Antwerp Management School? Yeah, so I joined here in September 2017 to take up a chair in sustainable transformation and to become their professor of integrated value. And that chair is supported by Port of Antwerp, BASF and Randstad. And so my role also is leader of our little team here, which we call the Sustainable Transformation Lab, is to ensure that we create sustainable mindsets among the students. So we integrate completely into all the full-time masters, the topic of sustainability, but then also to work with companies uh, doing research and, and advice. And so we have various partnerships um, and also engagement uh, in other ways. So we have corporate leadership groups. We have one on circular economy and one on on a well-being economy. So it's a mixture of teaching, engagement uh, and research. You say you've tried to, you know, change the mindset of some particular students. You also advise corporates. Do you feel you're making a difference? And how exactly? Yeah, we're very pleased with the response we get. Uh, what we notice first is that many students come in already with an expectation that they will um, be exposed to the latest global challenges and how to respond to them. So um, we're meeting that need, but of course, usually taking them further than they've been. And so we see it also in the response of the students. Uh, we've been running now for a few years something called the SDG um, Ambassador Program. Uh, the SDG is referring to the Sustainable Development Goals of the United Nations. And this has been a voluntary program that students sign up for at the beginning of the year. And we've typically found about half of them uh, do this, and then they self-organize uh, various projects uh, on ocean cleanup or on uh, you know tackling... Uh, issues of health or promoting uh, vegan diets. I mean, they choose all kinds of things. Um, and, and they're very enthusiastic and they find that it empowers them as change makers. And it's, it's core to our mission. Uh, we, we have a three pillar mission, uh, one of which is societal consciousness leading to sustainability. The other two are self-awareness and global perspectives, so they work nicely together. But we find that uh, we're fulfilling our mission and they respond very positively to that. We also find uh, that companies are looking for some kind of support. Uh, we try to only work 
according to our name, uh, on sustainable transformation. So we're not so interested in companies that want short-term quick fixes. We really want to work with companies that see this as a long-term journey and see the necessity for the whole of society and the economy to transform. Uh, we know that's necessary because of the trends we see and because of the needs around uh, climate change, for example. You don't get to a net zero economy by 2050 through incremental change. It's impossible. So by uh, finding those companies that really want to go on that strategic transformative journey um, and playing a role almost as a, a neutral but informed facilitator of their process, we find that they respond very well also. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, everyone is is looking for solutions. Most companies are realizing they need to transform, but it's hard. Uh, we're in an economy that doesn't necessarily support uh, sustainability. The incentives are perverse incentives. They they uh, encourage the wrong kind of behavior by and large and so companies also find it difficult and that's why anything that we can do to uh, to share what we know but also to share our experience with other companies to create forums or opportunities for collaboration I think that's important but the main message um, we try to bring to companies is besides taking the systemic view and the integrated value approach is by understanding the urgency and the scale of the problems, you have to go to ambitious solutions. And today that's the difference between a company that says they're doing sustainability, but in fact are probably not doing very much and a company that's really transformative. It's all about levels of strategic ambition. Um, and when you set those very ambitious targets, whether it's net zero carbon or zero waste or you know zero human rights violations, 100% renewable energy, 100% electric vehicle fleets, whatever it may be, that causes the innovation. Um, it doesn't work the other way around. You don't innovate first and then set ambitious targets. Mm -hmm. It's true. Um, and that's what I found remarkable, I think, about your recent podcast that you finished, an audio book about a book you written already some time ago together with another author, where you make this kind of analogy with the animal kingdom, where you have the the lions and the elephants, and then even like some crossbreed in between the Leo fans. Can you maybe explain that analogy you, you used there? Yes. Well, this was a book uh, called Beyond Reasonable Greed, which I co-authored with Clem Sunter. And I was born in Africa, in Zimbabwe. I grew up there and then South Africa. I had the early part of my career. So, of course, the safari analogy is, comes easily to me. Um, 
So what I did was to use elephants and lions as a metaphor for unsustainable and sustainable companies. The, if you look at the characteristics of a lion, it's a predator. It uh, looks after its own pride, but that's about it. Um, it's aggressive. Uh, and you compare that to the elephant as a model of sustainability. It's a far more collaborative animal, uh, very sociable, uh, highly intelligent. Uh, it's a matriarchal species, so it's led by women. Oh, so yeah. That's also interesting. And we know, by the way, from research that companies with more women in leadership perform much better on sustainability. There is evidence for that. And so it's, it was really to play with this analogy uh, to, to bring across what are the differences between a sustainable and an unsustainable company. And of course, the Leo fans, the in-between, are, are, are companies in transition because by the nature of our economy and the economic incentives, the financial pressures we have, most companies start out as lions. They start out as very short-term profit maximization, shareholder value focused, um, and have been over the past decades evolving towards something that is more inclusive, takes into account more the stakeholder perspective rather than only shareholders, and starts to pay attention to the impact on the, on the wider uh, society and environment. So yeah, it was a fun book to, to write, and uh, it's getting a second playing through the podcast, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, great. PortXL is the first world port and maritime accelerator for innovative startups and scale-ups that have the potential to disrupt the port and maritime industry. In the second part of this episode, we'll discuss collaboration between corporates and startups. After that, we'll try to arrive at new stories to tell about sustainability in the port sector. Maybe to talk a bit about what we do as a Port Excel program, our proposal is that by putting corporates together with startups or more mature scale-ups, by having them collaborate on a certain use case, you also accelerate innovation culture within a certain uh, corporate. And yeah, you you put also this specific sector in the picture as as being as being a sector that is you know willing and and eager to innovate are you involved with particular startups or how is your view on corporates working together with startups as a way to change the mindset as a school we certainly um, work a lot with startups. We have a business design and innovation team that supports them uh, in various ways. Uh, on sustainability, we're not working directly with startups, but rather encouraging the corporates that we work with to partner with and support and incentivize startups. 
And we do see an appetite for that, and I think it's absolutely essential. It's also really important, as you suggested, that we create a culture of innovation. And perhaps the port and maritime sector doesn't have that reputation for encouraging startups, doesn't have the incubation or accelerator um, culture. But that's indeed why um, why you exist, and uh, I think you're, you're fulfilling a really important role there. Um, I do see, you know, there are various uh, um, projects which you you will know about as well that are happening in in this port zone to to encourage that. So, for me, it's a crucial part of the picture, um, and. If you look at one of our seven steps of implementation is is really about innovation. That's where we try and make those linkages um, to make sure that we uh, we're changing the ecosystem in a non-environmental sense, the whole network. Um, and uh, we try to support. We have, uh, in fact, an expertise uh, group within AMS that is specifically focused on networks and ecosystems and how you make those effective. So that's an important part of the puzzle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like as well that you you brought the Antwerpse hunches, uh, partly because I love symbols, uh, and it is a symbol of collaboration, you could say, reaching out the hand. Um, but in general, what I th- believe is that in in this area of sustainability, social responsibility, and so on, we have to become much better storytellers, communicators. So far, we've failed to convince uh, the majority of people that the problems we face are urgent and important, and that the solutions that we're developing are exciting, life-changing, and uh, will improve our quality of life. And that's all about uh, messaging and being better communicators. Podcasts like this are part of that solution. But uh, sometimes using stories uh, and metaphors can really help with that. It's true. And, you know, my background, I've graduated as a uh, film director. And some, in some sense, you know, the global trade and the, all the transport of goods that happens across the globe is one of the largest untold stories. I mean, you do, you do know, know it from certain WTO protests, maybe, that are, you know, globalized trade is also something I felt an aversion to as a younger person because it's it's a polluting kind of activity and there's you know large powers that come and yeah it's it's a it's an intimidating fact to have these large powers doing doing globalized trade then at some point it started making sense that this was also about directing but on a totally different scale, you know, not directing a movie, but directing 
this exchange of goods and it seemed almost comprehensible again. <laughs> That's why I got involved in it. But um, it's exactly as you say, like I keep hearing it again and again from, from several people. The storytelling is almost nowhere in this, in this sector. And when I just said that globalized trade is, is about, you know, powerful actors, um, like being predators, you know, maybe we can envision a world where it's not only about just about them, but it's about it's everyone on the planet trading in a sense and how we can maybe um, take that word back, trade, and have it make sense again in a, in a yeah, in, in like as a nice word. Yeah, I think trade or exchange uh, is a form of collaboration and it's what's fueled our evolution. Our life has got better because of trade. Uh, if you're a subsistence uh, community that is only looking after itself, it's possible, but your choices and the possibility that you could improve your quality of life is much, much less. And so we should embrace trade and, and globalization, but we have to look at the, the consequences as well. There are different kinds of trade. Uh, there is fair trade and unfair trade. Uh, there is high impact trade and there's low impact trade. And we have to be honest with ourselves. But I think one of the things you said was key, which is that we have to bring positive stories as much as the stories of what's going wrong. And that's probably where the sustainability movement has, has failed, is that we've been so focused on the problems, which are real and are science-based, um, but I've learned that you can't scare people into change. You can't uh, depress them into change. You, you have to excite them. And so we must never deny the problems and we should put those facts on the table. But then we need to very quickly move to solutions and to what's possible. And then it's all about scaling. And we shouldn't also naively accept that a few pilot projects here and there are the solution. We need to constantly um, be focused on how we scale these solutions, which is why I like the accelerator rather than the incubator uh, as part of your program. But, you know, we were pretty smart as a species um, and we live in a, in a very complex world where innovation is happening happening at an incredible rate we just have to keep checking that that innovation is creating a better world for everyone not a better world for just a few and leaving the others behind um, but i think it's happening and certainly the ports and maritime sector is a part of that uh, 
I think they may be coming from behind on, on some issues, certainly on climate change. I think they've been reactive rather than proactive. But now we see through initiatives like the World Ports Sustainability Program, uh, where we've done a bit of work as well, that uh, the, the industry is starting to be proactive. Uh, we did a little bit together with the Port of Antwerp on looking at the supply chain for cacao and sitting with the warehouses who store um, that product here in the port zone and just having a conversation about how do we get to a future where it's 100% sustainably certified cacao. Um, you know, we, we have the Beyond Chocolate initiative here in Belgium. I think the target, it's being run by the, the shift. And I think the target is 100% of Belgian chocolate will be certified sustainable by 2030, I think it is. It may even be sooner, it may be 2025. But when you have that ambition, then you have to look at all the players. And here again, the, the ports are a player because they facilitate that trade. So lots exciting that's going on. And I'm, I'm very happy to be here while I'm here. I moved from Cambridge and everybody asked me why. Why would you do that? Uh, and partly it was because Antwerp Management School is a small innovative school that has embraced uh, sustainable transformation as one of its pillars. But it's also just an exciting city, uh, and a big part of that is, is the port. For sure. Great to have you here. Thank you, Wayne, for this chat, and thank you, dear listeners, for your attention. I advise you to go to Wayne's website called waynevisser.com. Look for Port Excel on social media like LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, or go straight to the website www.portexcel.org. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Port Excel podcast. Next episode will be coming up next month. We hope to see each other again next time.